0: Happy Holidays! Hope you liked our outro music. It certainly isn't Maria Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You, but it's gotta do. We're doing things a little different this month, as the holidays have not only disrupted the normal flow of congressional business, such as it is, but also the schedules of your two intrepid podcasters, myself, Jean-Marc F. Blanchard, and Doug McDonald. In this podcast, I'm, that is Jean-Marc, just going to provide you just another power-packed segment on California multinational corporations and international relations. Don't I always? Later, Doug. I and or Doug and I, to make things more complicated for those of you who have been enjoying too much of your corporate eggnog, spiced or not, we'll do our normal podcast covering the international affairs-related votes, legislative proposals, and statements of our intrepid California congressional delegation. Before getting into the meat of the show, I want to thank the Mr. and Mrs. S.H. Wong Center for the Study of Multinational Corporations for its sponsorship of this particular podcast. I also want to emphasize that none of the content of this show reflects the official views of the Wong MC Center or its board. Asia aims at California Tech. Yes, Asia aims at California Tech. As we've been highlighting during the last few podcasts, and made very clear during our last one, business operations in East Asia are becoming increasingly challenging for California tech companies. And that's not even taking China into account. Oh yeah, it's regulatory ulcer time. Apparently our crack investigative reporting, <laughs> whatever that means, caught the intention of the attention of a reporter at the Japan Times who highlighted in a piece on November 19 all the pressures that Australian, Chinese, Indian, Japanese and Korean regulators among others are putting on California tech multinationals which means a lot of California firms are having a very tough fall, and holiday season. In addition to some pressures that we have identified and others that we will discuss today, Japan's Justice Ministry has pushed foreign tech corporations to register their overseas HQs in Japan. The reason is to improve Japan's ability to deal with online harassment cases. Tokyo catching up on Seoul? When we're not talking about China, most of our focus has been on Korea, which has been quite active in regulating and exerting legal and political pressure on California tech MNCs. Tokyo, though, seems to be making up for lost time or trying to catch or pass Seoul. A November 15th story in Asahi Shimbun, Sahe Shimbun reported that Japan's FTC, or Fair Trade Commission, is dramatically increasing its headcount of lawyers with experience in the internet technology sector or experience with overseas technology cases. The goal is to improve the FTC's ability to ensure tech companies play by the rules. And do not abuse their market positions in a manner that undermines fair competition and innovation. Who would want that? Undermining fair competition and innovation. Apparently, two can play at that game with GAFA. GAFA. That's Google, Apple, Facebook, and Amazon. For those of you, including me, (laughs) that never heard this damn acronym, striving to employ former government officials and politicals that can empower them against the Japanese government. According to a November 15 story in Nikkei Asia, Japan is going to make platform companies like Apple and Google, quote, responsible for paying consumption taxes, taxes on the content sold by foreign developers, end quote since it, it, a major government, has difficulties doing so. It deems this unfair for Japan-based content creators, which have to pay such taxes themselves. It's not a small issue, not in, at all. A November 15 piece in Asahi Shimbun stated that 30-40 percent of the top-selling online games in Japan are foreign titles. Apple and Google are not singled out solely because they are GAFA, GAFA or foreign firms, but because they do enough business to cross the thresholds that trigger collection obligations. You know I'm going to say it. They no doubt will find this very taxing. Hey, but Korea keeps its regulatory mojo. Of course, Korea is not standing still. Indeed, indeed, in early November, the Korean FTC made the decision to investigate if Google Korea, I'm quoting here, unfairly exerted monopolistic influence while operating its search advertising business. What this means, per a Korean Times' November 6th story, is that the Korean FTC is collecting opinions and data. Opinions and data that will allow to probe Google Korea's advertising business' structures and sales activity. There are suspicions it is blocking entrance and cutting unfair cross-selling deals. A Korea FTC official stated, quote, We will closely monitor the online ad sales market circumstances to figure out if any companies have violated the Fair Trade Act here. End quote. The FTC already gave Google Korea some stress in early 2023. When it did an on-site investigation, oh my God, they came to their offices into whether or not the firm violated fair competition rules by cross-selling its YouTube music service for free, for free, for those subscribing to the video streaming service. Guess somebody struck a wrong chord. Google already has been slammed in Korea because it does not pay network using usage fees, even though its content is responsible for a huge, huge amount of network traffic among overseas IT companies. In fact, some are suggesting laws need to be passed to rectify this matter. The first week of December, a Korea court ordered Apple, Apple to play seven plaintiffs, 70,000 won each, 70,000 won each because of the negative effects of what it determined were the firm's intentional slowing down of the Apple iPhone's performance, even if done for good reasons. Let you think about that. Business Korea said December 7th story wrote that the civil division of the Seoul High Court said, quote, even if the purpose of the update was to prevent the device from shutting down, it restricted the performance of CPUs and other components. It also said, quote, Apple, Apple has an obligation to sufficiently explain to purchasers. That they can choose to install updates, but it violated this obligation. Consumers have suffered mental harm. Mental harm due to the infringement of their right to choose. End quote. Mental harm? Hmm. In any event, it's hard to believe Apple will take much note of the ruling given that 70,000 won equates to $53. Heck, that's one Starbucks latte at twenty fifty 50 prices. And that its total outlay to the victorious seven plaintiffs will equate to $350. Yep, $350. And while we're talking about food, crushed chips... California's semiconductor and semiconductor equipment companies have been in the crosshairs of many governments, including ours in Washington, because of the dual use, dual use potential of their products and Washington's numerous efforts to limit what they can sell to China, as well as how they cooperate with China. Things are so sensitive these days. For California firms like Intel, that they don't even want to talk to the media. Don't even want to talk to the media or have media coverage, something they usually fall over themselves to get. For example, the November 8th, hashtag, hashtag TechAsia newsletter from Nikkei Asia entitled, quote, squeezed, chipmakers and China's EV rise, end quote, reported, reported that Intel limited international media such as Nikkei Asia from attending a press roundtable with the Intel CEO who was in Taipei to promote his company's activities during Super Semiconductor Week in Taiwan. Their sensitivity is perfectly understandable. On November 16th, Reuters reported confirmation that the U.S. government was undertaking a criminal investigation of whether or not semiconductor equipment producer Applied Materials, also known as AMAT, had evaded China export restrictions. The U.S. government is investigating if AMAT sent hundreds of millions of dollars of equipment to China's last, largest, not last, largest chipmaker, semiconductor manufacturing international corporation, also called SMICS, via South Korea without proper export licenses. Washington doesn't like SMICS because of its military ties. AMAT already disclosed in October 2022 that the US Attorney's Office in Boston had subpoenaed it, subpoenaed it for information about certain China sales. The US Attorney's Office is in Boston, is Boston is handling the investigation because the allegedly illegally exported semiconductor equipment. This mix was produced by an Amat plant in Massachusetts in early December. In early December, a Reuters story noted that semiconductor powerhouse Nvidia CEO Jensen Huang had said had said during a news conference in Singapore that the company quote had been working very closely with the U.S. government to create products that comply with its regulations, end quote. Added, quote "Our added, now, Our plan now is to continue to work with the government to come up with a new set of products that comply with the new regulations that have certain limits, end quote. The desire to have products that satisfy Washington is hardly surprising, Nvidia sends sells sells billions of dollars of chips to China and it currently dominates China's AI chip market. Furthermore, US restrictions are costing it billions of dollars of sales. Lastly, it faces some serious competition from Chinese firms that have no limits. And you thought we forgot about Europe. No, we didn't. Yep, the European Union continues to give headaches to California MNCs. In 2020, I know it's 23, the general court, the EU's second highest court, squashed squashed the EU's order that Apple should pay 14.3 billion euros That's a lot of money in back taxes to Ireland. But according to a November 9th, yes, 223 story in the Financial Times, the EU made the order because its special tax breaks gave Apple an unfair advantage over its competitors. That is billions of euros in tax-free profits which violated the EU's rules relating to state aid. Unfortunately for Apple, the Advocate General of the European Court of Justice, the EU's highest court, opined that the general court had committed a series of errors in law and failed to assess correctly the substance and consequences of certain methodological errors. End quote. In layman's terms, they screwed up. The Advocate General of the ECJ's opinions are not binding, but they, per the FT article, have significant weight on final judgments. For their part, both Apple and Ireland argue there was no state aid, not any. Apple's going to have to have a long wait with the final judgment to be issued next year. Still, the EU Commission has repeatedly lost cases where it claimed tax deals were impermissible state aid. So perhaps the wait will be worth it. And we have some news about the news, for those of you who are still with us. Well, there's good news about news, depending, I guess, upon your perspective. Google has struck a deal with the Canadian government to make payments, indexed for inflation, to a central fund that in turn will be distributed to news publishers according to some yet-to-be-finalized methodology. The relevant November 29th CNN.com story notes, notes that the deal represents a backdown of sorts for Google, which previously threatened to remove links to Canadian news from its search, news, and discovered products in Canada. Still, Google is not paying as much as what some Canadian officials expected. Google has noted that it will continue to send traffic to Canadian publishers while the specifics of the deal are worked out. This deal represents a stark contrast with the policies of Meta, which decided back in June, to pull all news content all news content from its Canadian platforms in response to C-18 Canada's law which requires digital platforms to pay news publishers for their work and which will become effective in late December The CNN story notes that Meta apparently has no plans to change its stance. No plans to change its stance. Well, I guess we now know where we'll go if we need Canadian news content, eh? Well, that's a wrap, at least about California MNCs in the news. I wanna emphasize the none of the content of this show I should say this particular podcast reflects the official views of the Wong MNC centers or its board. No, not just this podcast, but the whole show. I wish you a great end to 2023 and a wonderful start to 2024. Remember, no drinking and driving and forget the freaking gifts. We got so many last year. Well, not really, give your time at a local charity or spend your money helping one of the too many charities that remain in great need. Take care and goodbye.